Welcome and thank you so very much for joining us today on this segment of Making a Difference Through Mentorship. Today's podcast is You Are What You Think. Most of us have undoubtedly at some time in life have heard that theme that we're using for today's podcast. And I will simply add that most of us don't even think about how we think or what we think because we simply think. And what we think influences and impacts our emotions and what we do, according to many psychologists. In Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9, which is the cornerstone or foundation of our Overcoming Negative Thoughts online course, God in essence says, Isaiah, we've got a problem. You don't think like I think. God goes on to say to Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And as it was for Isaiah, who was a priest and a prophet, so is it for you and I today. It is not that as believers or as Christians that we don't ever think like God thinks, but we need to learn how to think more like God thinks in order for our ways to be more like God's ways. And when we're honest, we don't always think like God thinks. When someone is rude or disrespectful, treats us badly, our thoughts may not always be like God's thoughts concerning what we have just experienced. This is why it is important to note that you don't have to be a negative person to have negative thoughts. When there's an argument with a co-worker or your husband or wife, those are negative experiences. Negative experiences will always bring along with the experience a negative thought. Although the negative experience may have just occurred or is real, we don't have to take the negative thought. The Message Bible in 2 Corinthians the 10th chapter, uh, beginning at the third verse, equips us with this powerful truth. The Bible says the world is unprincipled. So when we look at Paul's declaration in Romans 12, 1 and 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This world is unprincipled. In other words, Paul is saying that there is no truth to the world system or the world's ways. So he says, be transformed. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 10, The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture, the world system, the world's ways. We use, Paul says, our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, philosophy, the way of thinking or a way of thinking for smashing warped philosophies or ways of thinking, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Therefore, let me repeat this last portion of the text, barriers erected against the truth of God, the barriers 
that can be the negative experiences that have brought negative thoughts fitting. And then every thought, emotion, and impulse, an impulse is simply a sudden desire or urge to act. So now the focus of this passage, according to Paul in 2 Corinthians 10 in the Message Bible, is to tear down barriers and every thought, emotion, and impulse fitting it into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Well, how will this be accomplished? To tear down barriers, thoughts, emotions, and impulses, and to have our lives structured and shaped by Christ is discovered and revealed in one manner in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, where God says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. In this one verse of scripture, we have three distinct categories of people that are impacted, lives structured and shaped by God's plan and providence for man. Joel first mentions, by the inspiration of God, he first mentions your sons and your daughters. Secondly, Joel mentions old men that dream. And thirdly, he mentions young men that have visions. Each category of people that the prophet mentions is impacted supernaturally by God's spirit that he has poured out upon them all. Now, in Proverbs 23 and 7, the Bible reminds us, for as is a man or a woman thinks, that is who we really are. When we revisit Joel chapter 2, verse 28, to receive an impartation of God's spirit, there had to be a thought process that accompanied the revelation of the impartation. Sons and daughters, the Bible says, shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. For all of this to have become a reality in their lives, they had to think about what had transpired in their lives supernaturally. Modern day psychologists tell us that what makes the human experience consists of first our thoughts. Our thoughts then influence our emotions and our thoughts and emotions influence our behavior or conduct and yes, our character. When you do a study of the context of Proverbs 23, we find that it's really, it is really a study about character. The ruler of verse 1 is a product of his thoughts. And in this case, what he was thinking about his guests is not what he appeared to be outwardly. Neuroscientists and neuropsychologists tell us that we have anywhere from 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day and half of them are negative. It is important to know that one has to understand that you have to understand you don't have to be a negative person to have negative thoughts. Negative experiences are going to produce negative thoughts. Relationship struggles, the death of a loved one, a business that you created and established that fails, money issues, family issues, and the list goes on and on and on. These are all negative experiences that will produce negative thoughts. And again, it's important to know and understand that you don't have to be a negative person to have negative thoughts. Proverbs 23 and 7 provides for us a principle of the necessity of character development. When we talk about character, we're talking about the character of God. Well, what is the character of God? Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 outlines for us what God's character looks like. It looks like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, 
goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. Temperance is self-control, thus undergirding the value and importance of today's theme or the podcast for today, which is you are what you think. The character and nature of God has been given to us as Joel prophesied in Joel 2 verse 28. There are three distinct categories of people that are impacted by God's plan and providence for man. Joel first mentions your sons and your daughters that prophesy. To prophesy means to speak by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In the Passion Translation of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5, Paul says, I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. Paul's declaration of prophecy or prophetic revelation carries the meaning of speaking forth the mind and counsel of God. Both the prophet Joel and the apostle Paul revealed to us God's plan for our sons and our daughters, and that is that they would prophesy, to speak by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to speak forth the mind and counsel of God. Secondly, Joel mentions old men that dreams dreams. Normally, dreams are no more than images and thoughts that play through a person's mind during sleep. The dreams that Joel speaks of are not normal dreams. These dreams are dreams injected in the minds of God's people for guidance and, yes, correction on occasions connected to the prophetic or the future or that which is under the influence of God's spirit that he has poured out on all flesh. Thirdly, Joel mentions young men having visions. The word vision in Joel 2 and 28 can be translated as revelation or a revealing, but note this revealing is connected to the prophetic or God's spirit that he's poured out on all flesh. All flesh or all mankind simply means without regard to age, sex, or socioeconomic status. All flesh means the exclusion of everybody to the exclusion of nobody. Jesus said in Mark 9 and 23, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So now the question that follows for us as believing believers, as God's people, since he has poured out his flesh on everybody, why are we not prophesying? Why do we not think the prophetic? Why are we not dreaming dreams? Why are we not having visions, influence, and impacted, imparted into our lives by the Holy Spirit's presence in and upon us? The answer is the way that we think. You are what you think. As a man or a woman thinks, that is who we really are. Psychologist William James said in the late 1800s, the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their thinking. How then do we alter our thinking? By consistently and incessantly learning to think more like God thinks. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God reminds the prophet, we got a problem because you don't think like I think. So for you and I, we must learn, continue to learn day by day to think more like God thinks. Well, how do we learn to think more like God thinks? David says, thy word in Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Whatever path in life God has destined for you and for me is going to be in his word that illuminates the pathway to 
your destiny to my destiny. Therefore, learning to think like God thinks may also be seen in the following story. Consider a farmer that has some land. It's fertile, good soil. Now the land gives the farmer a choice. He can plant in that land whatever he chooses. The land doesn't care. It's up to the farmer to make the decision to plant what he desires. As we compare our minds with the land, the mind is just like the land. It doesn't care what we plant in it. The mind will return or produce a harvest of whatever we plant. Because remember, the land or our minds doesn't care what we plant. The Bible reminds us that we will reap what we sow or what we plant. Our minds or the way that we think will return whatever seed we plant. If we plant seeds like I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, that is a mindset of success. If we allow thoughts or seeds of failure in our minds, then that is exactly what that person will reap because they believe that they are a failure. If we allow thoughts or seeds of depression, discouragement, misunderstanding, fear, anxiety, or disease that I call comparisonitis to be planted in our minds. And comparisonitis is comparing myself to someone else. Comparisonitis often raises questions like, why does it seem like God is always blessing somebody else and not me? Comparisonitis often raises questions like, why did John get the promotion? Or why did Sally get the promotion and I didn't get the promotion? Comparisonitis is diseased seed, which are negative thoughts planted in our minds. And whatever is planted in the mind will return to us through our emotions, behavior, conduct, or our actions. Our ability to think was given to us at birth by God. Our mind, our soul, our body, our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions, God has given to us. And many times the things that are given to us for nothing, we place little value on. Yet things that we pay money for, we value. The paradox, the paradox is that exactly the reverse is true. Everything that God has given to us, he gave us freely through his son, Jesus Christ, and is, and is of greater value than we can adequately describe. So now Jesus says to his disciples in Acts uh, verse chapter 1, verse 8, in the Amplified Version, but you shall receive power ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And on the day of Pentecost, just as Jesus prophesied in Acts 1 and 8, the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy some 900 years earlier manifested in the presence of over 15 different ethnicities and nationalities. The Passion Translation of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 declares, On the day of Pentecost, as it was being fulfilled, all the disciples were, were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realms. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Verse 3, Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Verse 4, they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. For the other 
nationalities and ethnicities that were present, when they heard the 120 speaking with other tongues and languages that they had never learned before, they believed that they were all drunk. Then Peter stands up beginning at the 14th verse of Acts chapter 2 and declares, this is that that was spoken about by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Acts chapter two, verse four in the Passion Translations declares they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired. Well, the question then is who were they? that were filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired. When God made Adam, he made Adam out of the dust and the dirt of the earth. Adam had no life in him until God inspired him, inspirited him, breathed into him. God breathed the breath of life into Adam and man became a living soul. Sometimes we need to exhale before we can inhale fresh inspiration or revelation from God. Sometimes this includes a detox of our minds from what people have said, what people have done, and sometimes what we even think about ourselves by the renewing of our minds. Well, how often do we need to renew our minds? As often as a negative thought or negative experience seeks to drag us down into the quicksands of life, attempting to suffocate us with discouragement or uncertainty or anxiousness or a feeling of, I don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, then we do what God has taught us to do. We look into the hills and with cometh our help, knowing that all of our help comes from the Lord. You are what you think. When God breathes into us new life, we live again. You are what you think. When God breathes into us, this is when we experience the reality of Psalm 92 and 10 in the Amplified Version, but my horn, which is a symbol of excessive strength and grace, you have exalted like that of a wild ox. I am anointed with fresh oil. With certainty and deliberate authority, David declared, I am anointed with fresh oil. There are times in your life when you will have to prophesy to yourself, I am anointed with fresh oil. When you know that the Holy Spirit is the fresh oil come down from heaven to anoint you afresh and anew, no weapon that's formed against you will ever be able to prosper because you prophesy to yourself, I am anointed with fresh oil. When discouragement or uncertainty or anxiousness rings your front doorbell, you have to prophesy to yourself, I am anointed with fresh oil. You are what you think. The they of Acts 2 and 4 are the 120 that were in the upper room on one accord in one place. To be on one accord in one place with God is to be one with God's will for your life. To be on one accord in one place with God is to obey what Jesus prophesied in the amplified version of Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
your identity. My identity is in the Lord. And no one ever said living for the Lord would be easy. This is why Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Your cross is not like my cross, which is our witness for the Lord. My cross is not like your cross, which is my witness for the Lord. Yet there have been days and maybe some more days where the hardships, the difficulties, the pain, the abuse and misuse, the disrespect, the discouragement that may knock on your front door, send you a text message, send you an email, may root itself in your mind. But that is not who you are. Disrespect has no power over me. Abuse and misuse has no power over me. Hardship and difficulties have no uh, power or authority over me. I am anointed with fresh oil because my identity is in his divinity. You are not the pain that you may have experienced. You are not the manifestation of the hardships that you have endured. You are not the misuse or abuse that plays like a video stored in the warehouse of your mind. Your identity is in his divinity because you have been anointed with fresh oil. Just by listening to the principles and precepts of this podcast, God is anointing you with fresh oil, reminding you that your identity is in his divinity. You are what you think. So God says to you and me, I will pour out my spirit and I have poured out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. To prophesy simply means to speak by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The dreams that Joel talked about that were fulfilled on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost came upon the believers in the upper room because Jesus told them in Acts 1 and 8 that you, yes, sir, you, sir, you, ma'am, you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you as the fulfiller of the ability and might to dream dreams infused and injected into the minds of us as God's people for guidance and sometimes correction connected to the prophetic or the future or that which is under the influence of God's spirit that he has poured out on all flesh. You are what you think. This is the same power and ability that Jesus spoke of in the Amplified Version of Luke 10 and 19. Behold, which means open up your eyes. I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental the way that you think. I have given you physical and mental strength and ability over all the power, not some of the power, over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall in any way harm you. Serpents are the cunning, deceptive manipulation and intimidation of spiritual wickedness in high places where the enemy assaults and attacks our minds, further undergirding you are what you think. Scorpion sting. As God's people, we endure the sting of the past, the sting of unkind words, the sting of failure, disappointment, or discouragement. Jesus says, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions. The word power is exousia, which means mastery, liberty, freedom from, the ability to take control of. You are what you think. When you think you have more power than the devil, you shall have whatsoever you say. So Jesus says to us in the New Century Version of Mark eleven twenty three, 23, I tell you the truth. 
You can say to this mountain, go and fall into the sea. And if you have no doubt in your mind, the thought process, if you have no doubt in your mind, the way that you think about whatever mountain is confronting you and you believe our beliefs are connected to our thinking and you believe that what you say will happen, the Bible says God will do it for you. Faith can change facts and faith can change that. Whatever your that is, faith can change facts and faith can change that. Jesus says in the 22nd verse, have faith in God. Faith in God's word connects us to our source of power that transforms our thinking. When we think God's word and there is no doubt in our minds, our thought process, our beliefs, then whatever mountain confronts us, when we speak to our mountains, when we say what God has said, God will do it for us. The mountain does not move because Greg Cruel said move. The mountain moves because it recognizes the authority and power of God's word. Have faith in God because God has poured out his spirit upon all of us. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. You are, I am what we think. The character and nature of our lives, what makes the human experience what it is, has three components. Our thoughts that influence our emotions and attitudes that further impact and influences our behavior or conduct. Negative experiences, neuroscientists and neuropsychologists, those that study how we think, tell us that we have anywhere from 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day and half of them are negative. Negative experiences are going to produce negative thoughts. Relationship struggles, challenges on your job, the death of a loved one, a, a business that you created and established, money issues, family issues. Think like God thinks. And today's podcast is intended to encourage us to continue to train ourselves to think more like God thinks. It doesn't mean that we don't ever think like God thinks, but when we allow God's word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway, God's word will always lead us to think more like God thinks, where the very character and nature of God, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance, which is self-control, will enable us, will empower us, will give us the ability, the might, and the efficiency to be able to control our negative thinking, where we're able to overcome our negative thoughts because we're learning, we're training, we're determined to think more like God thinks. And when we do so, we shall have whatever we say because we say what God says in his word. You are what you think. How do we know? Because God says in Proverbs 23 and 7, as a man or a woman thinks, that is who we really are.